Dr. Ethan Bregman works to help individuals, athletes, coaches, and their supporters be the best they can be in both sport and life. Dr. Bregman helps athletes of all levels improve focus, manage emotions, balance commitments, and return to sport from injury. He also offers mental skills for athletes seminars to assist teams in learning to incorporate mental skills into their practice. If you are ready to take your game to the next level, give him a call at 916-880-8079 for a consultation. Again, that's 916-880-8079. Don't forget to tell him, Jabron said This podcast is also brought to you by ESEC BJJ, Sacramento's newest Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy, where we believe in Jiu-Jitsu for everybody. Whether you're a beginner or an expert-level practitioner, there's a place for everyone at ESAC BJJ. Check out our website at esacbjj.com, sign up for a free trial, and get on the mat today. You'll learn valuable skills for self-defense, make new friends, and get in shape too. So I'll see you there. All right, guys, we're rolling. It's another episode of Life in Jiu-Jitsu. It's the Purple Belt panel I'm here with Alicia Michael Ortega, Yepi Tomation. Is it Yepi or is it Jonathan? It's, uh, it's Jonathan Yepi. Jonathan Yepi. Okay, explain it to me. It's Tom Asian. Tomasian. I like that. It's got yeah. Anthony Mercado. Yeah. Where do you guys all train at? I train at Maxwell's. Okay. Yeah, I train at Hop Crazy Sacramento. Hop Crazy. Okay. Strive Jiu Jitsu Academy. Strive Jiu Jitsu. And, um, well, Alpha Male and also the proud owner of ESAC BJJ, uh, your host here. Um, how long have you all been training for? Um, I've been training just under three years now. Okay. Three years? Almost. Okay. Wow. Quick purple belt. Yeah. I used to train a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Six days a week and extra time drilling before class and everything. So just sort of happened, I guess. Okay. Nice. Cool. Five years and eight months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you're 22. Uh-huh. So you started at 17? Yeah. Well, I had a few a few months of like MMA training when I was 16 and I broke my hand because I thought I could, you know, get into a school fight, you know, I could prove myself like... Most young kids, but I took a year off and I came back. Yeah. Okay. Is so, MMA still a goal for you? Or it, I always say it's on the list, you know, because I've had two You're amateur so fights. Yeah, and so I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my skills with jujitsu up enough so if and when somebody you know really tags me up on the feet, it's like I could at least try and survive on the ground. Yeah. You know, so I don't just get ruined at a young age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's crazy. That's cool. So, um, so yeah. So let me tell folks that's you know that are listening a little bit about what's going on here. So I've had this idea of doing panels on different topics in jujitsu, um, you know, up and down the belts, of course. So we had like a white belt for the beginners panel. Then we had like the the blue belt panel is actually one of our most popular episodes. And then you know the purple belt panel. Then we'll do a brown and a black belt panel. Um, I think the idea is just sort of checking in at every different step of development and sort of saying, hey, what's unique to these steps of development? So how did, when did you feel like you're like a purple belt in your heart and when did you get the purple belt and sort of like how do you level up from here, right? Um, over time, I think I'll probably do panels on other topics like like the dad jitsu panel. Like, um, you know, um, I'm interested in doing a panel on people that burnt out and came back. So I have a theory, like people that train really intensely will... <clears throat> You know, so I've seen people that like fall in love with it and do like the six days a week, you know, right away. And then after two years, they're like gone for a year, you know. So, um, oh, that's just my that's just my own my own personal theory. But you know, I think we've all seen people burn out and come back. And it's like, and you can tell when people are just like burning the candle at both ends. It's like, fuck, you know, guys, chill out. You're gonna burn out, you know. So, uh, so this is a purple belt panel. Um, Jonathan just got his brown, but that's okay. Uh, he just got it just yesterday, right? Less than twenty four hours ago, actually. Yeah, yesterday. Congratulations. 
Thank you. Peace. I still I still don't know how, how I'm feeling about it. I just get a huge smile and I like think about how it happened. I, I won my match and I was standing there and so I went to shake my coach's hand, but instead of shaking my hand, he like went straight down and like untied my belt and I'm like, no way. And the, all the, the cage like got smaller and I'm like I'm like crying, but I don't know I'm crying and I'm like um, oh, wow. looking around. I'm like, oh geez. Yeah, Brown's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And I knew that and that's why I was I'm still shocked. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when you get your brown belt, it's like saying, well, you'll, you know, it's like a little pit stop before a black belt. You know what I mean? Like, you're not supposed to be a brown belt for a super long time, right? Um, so just for folks listening to, the podcast might sound different. The sound quality might sound a little bit different. Not that it's bad sound quality. We're on the Yeti Blue mic, which is actually for folks who, I've had a number of folks message me and say, hey, you know, like, I'm interested in doing my own podcast. And uh, shout out to Mitchell Torres for actually getting off his ass and doing one. Um, Only combat conversation. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to yeah. the combat conversation because I, I can't, for for every combat conversation I've had like twenty other people be like, oh, I'd love to do one. Won't you show? I had one guy come and sit in my house for like two hours while I showed him all the technical details. That's crazy. You know, and he, you know, from what I can tell, he never did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so the the usual talks that I do is just one on one. And so I'm using the Sure SM7Bs, and that's what Rogan uses. And not to brag, but they're they're 400 for the mic, and then you need a $150 preamp for each one of them. So it's like six after taxes, about 600 bucks each. So not to brag, but just to say that's why I don't have four of them. You know, I only have two of them. You know, maybe one. You know, you guys hit up the Patreon page, I can get four of them. <laughs> um, so we're doing the blue mic, the the blue Yeti mic, which this thing's actually very real. It's a great entry into podcasting. It's 150 bucks, probably 100 now. Um, and it's a room mic, so it'll catch everything in the room. You know, um, you can catch a, a like a band playing with this and kind of get, actually get great fidelity. But this way, every person doesn't have a mic right in their right in their mouth. It's easier on this. You know, there's no sand, there's no soundboard, but it just has a little bit of a different sound to it. So that's that's why you know for folks listening in your car um, or on you you know on Facebook or on YouTube, that's why it sounds a little bit different because it's it's a different mic. Um, if you want the sound quality of a Sure SM7B times four again hit up the patreon page um but yeah you know interesting thing about the sure mics too the red hot chili peppers record um californication and can't stop on the sure mics um that mic has been around for 30 years <clears throat> so michael jackson did thriller on that mic you know um so dude you know you, a good you, mic. yeah dude, you, a go mic. To, you go to uh <laughs> you go to guitar center man you start learning all this stuff you know <laughs> um so sorry guys let's let's get back let's get back to uh Let's get back to uh, to jitsu here. Um, you two actually have fought before. We fought twice, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. Two times. Yeah. One back in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Open, when I magically got uh, an upper hand, and then oh, we fought recent. We fought recently, <laughs> like a little over two months ago mm -hmm. or a month ago, at the Panica, where he came back and kicked my ass. Okay. Okay. So you guys would do it for a rubber match. Uh, maybe, maybe, but it's gonna be a while because I gotta come up to his level now. Yeah, because especially Mister Fashion Mahomo here now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know it's something when you see people like, um, I mean, Yeppy man, you've just been you've just been after it. Mm -hmm. You know, Jocko Willingston. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. it's, it's inspiration. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're like lifting at like four in the morning and oh, stuff. Yeah. Get off your ass, go lift. It's four in the morning. Rise and grind, Logan well, style. Because I, I worked at. I mean, I put in my two weeks at Starbucks, I was telling you guys, but I would wake up at 2.30 every day. Jeez. There were posts where I'm hitting like 2.30 on my watch. Yeah. Some days I'm just so tired, I'm like, okay, no photo. You know? <laughs> like from like 2 a.m. 
until 11 p.m. is like coffee, you know, yard work, jujitsu, coffee, yard work, jujitsu. Some days it's, yeah. it's coffee, jujitsu, some yard work, and then more jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, teaching kids every day as well, okay. instructing the kids' class. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like teaching it, you know. So I'm sure as an instructor, uh, and I don't know if you guys teach, okay. but you know. When you're teaching, it's like helping you get better at those specific oh, yeah. techniques. Definitely. And, Definitely. And so teaching every day and, and uh, having that opportunity and then also training every day. Yeah. It's like yeah. monsters. Like what? So, so this, is, <laughs> this is your artwork that you, it's your, it's your own little business? Yeah. I, I don't have a, I don't have a license yet, but I'm thinking of like calling it Yards by Yepi. Let's put a sticker on the truck, drive around town. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean the idea... Um, I promise, guys. I promise we'll get into jujitsu. But the idea that you <laughs> the idea that you need a license for some of these things is, you know, ridiculous to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because why would you need a like a license for cutting someone's lawn? Like all the license in that in that sense, all the license can say is like, hey, the government took their cut. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hey, the government the government took their cut, and he's he's good now. So I'm running a um, I. Uh, it's 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 almost like consulting work, but I'm the president of the of uh, the short bowel syndrome cure cure project. So um, you get into a car accident and you've lost your intestines, or you get Crohn's disease and you can't um, you can't you can't process your own food. You usually have to take in food through a um, port in your in your chest here. Feeding tube. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, well, feeding tube would be in you know like a port in your like if you're gonna be long term like oh. you, like you have no stomach long term, you they they put a port in your chest. And um, that's just how you get you get it through through an IV basically, put the ports in your chest. Easy way to cut weight, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I was I was asked to help develop this nonprofit from a you know I had a little bit of like political experience, and it's kind of like you're finding your constituents, you're finding the people, kind of like your voters almost. It's like you know all these folks are out there, but no one's really talking to them directly. So like, how do we sort of like build a community? You know, in a, in the same way that a that an elected official might might find their their constituency their constituency. So, um, I've been I've been doing this for about a month, and one of the, one of the things that I had to to do is get our nonprofit paperwork straightened out. You know, because you need a license, just like just like you need a license, yeah. right? And um, it's, it's called the Form Nine Ninety is the is the IRS tax form, and there's also like these state registrations. So hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna ask for money in Minnesota, you gotta you got to pay a fee, and then you got to send in all this paperwork, you know. Yeah. If you want to ask for money in California, you got to pay a fee and send all, send in all this paperwork. And then at the bottom, like, then, you know, when you send the fee and you send in the paperwork, it says, you know, okay, you know, SBS Cure or Red Cross, you know, they're current with us. But then it says on the bottom, well, you know, we don't make any, re- you know, the state of California doesn't make any representation about you know, if these people are actually good at what they do or if the money's actually going to the children. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't actually, like, look into it. We're just saying, hey, they paid us. So, they're, you know, like, wow. it, like what a scam, right? Like, yeah. hey, like, all we're saying, you know, they got their license to go out and ask for money, and, you know, we're not actually evaluating them critically in any way, shape, or form. We just took their money, and the government got their cut, so they're free to go do their thing, but we're not, you know I mean? It's like, it's the same thing with the art. Like, yeah. it's not dangerous what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's like, okay, Practicing law, you need a, you need a license, right? Or, you know, yeah. like in, 
you know, cutting someone's mouth open and taking a tooth out. You should, you need a license for that. Yeah. You shouldn't need a license for that. But the idea that you need a license to cut grass or professional, you know, oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, and you know, not that you're not doing more than cutting grass, right? You might do like some some uh, yeah. landscape architecture and stuff uh-huh. like that. But it's, it's still, it's not fundamentally dangerous. So, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, is this not the land of the free? Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, guys. That's that's my one tirade. For you. <laughs> so, what got what got you all into jujitsu? Um, yeah, I guess I'll go first. Uh, so, I wrestled in high school and college. I went to Natomas High School from 2008 to 2012, and uh, graduated. Went to CR College. Wrestled under my high school wrestling coach, Don Martinez, and finished off my sophomore year. I didn't do nothing, <laughs> you know, and then. Uh, Took like a two-year break, and then I met uh, Manny, my instructor, Manny Gonzalez. And Manny, he uh, hit me up uh, saying that, hey, man, you know, I heard you wrestle in the college. I was like, I wasn't good. I'm not, I'm not a good wrestler. <laughs> and uh, and he says, you know what, man? Like, that doesn't matter. You know, I want I want to work takedowns. This is jiu-jitsu, you know. He let me know all, of, like, what it was about. It's like, basically, it's like wrestling, but you can choke people out and break arms, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know what? I'm not really about that, but... And I'll give it a try. Yeah. And uh, I tried it and I tried a class and I was like, dude, I love it. I love, I, I love this environment because, you know, it's like, you know, you stay on top. You know, you're a white belt. You're just like, I just want to stay on top. I don't want to get tapped out. I don't want to tap nobody up. Yeah. I just want to stay on top. And uh, I told him, I was like, no, man, I love it. But I'm still going to school right now. I'm still trying to finish my education. And he said, because he wanted me to teach takedowns. Okay. He wanted me to do like a wrestling class, like two days, two days a week. And, Basically, like, be one of the partners, be one of the instructors over there. And, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, but, you know, I had other I had other plans, like, for my future, too. But, you know, like, Jiu-Jitsu, I was going to make Jiu-Jitsu a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, you know what? I feel it. You know, I'm just, I completely understand. You're your own person. Yeah, yeah. Um, Teaching's a commitment, man. Just the time, like. Yeah, so he, he was like, you know what? Just work takedowns with me. So that way I can work with the students on takedowns. Yeah. Meet you and me one-on-ones, like, when you come in. And. And that's that, and I've been doing it ever since. And I fell in love with it. Yeah, I've been training for about a little over four years now. Yeah, any big breaks? Uh, when I was in the Corrections Academy uh, from 2016 Halloween to about March yeah. 2017. Yeah. Hey guys, I'll ask you not to tap on this. This Sorry. thing's super t- super sensitive. Sorry. Um, it's all good. Um, so h- how long was that? It's about four, uh, four months. Sixteen okay. weeks. Were you living there? No corrections. Okay. How does that work? Um, so they have like a like a recommended stay over there. Um, so if you live about uh, a little over thirty miles away, then they would recommend that you stay there, just so it's uh, easier on you for your drive. But like if you're like within thirty miles, and they're just like, okay, go home. You know what I mean? Oh, but they they give you an option to stay there. Okay. So if if you wanted to stay there, um, so here's what I did: at the first half of the academy, the first eight weeks, uh, I stayed at home. Okay. And I was I, was, I lived in the Thomas at the time, so I was driving there and back every morning. And like okay. I'd wake up like two hours before we even started class, just so I can make sure I made it on time, make sure I didn't pop a tire. Yeah. And then I would get home around like five thirty six, and then I would go. I would try and go to Jiu-Jitsu, but like I was just too burnt out because it was all. Because your day like, started at like six a.m. and four a.m. four a.m. four a.m. I wake up at four a.m. or three thirty just to make sure I made it on time. And, oh my uh, god. And so after that, I was like, you know, I'm kind of worked out. We we had Christmas week and Thanksgiving week off. After after New Year's, I put in and asked that I stay there the rest of the week, the rest of the academy. Okay, and they're like, no problem. Yeah, 
So I just stayed. Sweet. I stayed in the regular the regular dorms with all, with uh, some of my academy buddies, and uh, you know it's, it's a lot. It's a lot more like you know bonding. Like it it feels like it's a, a military barracks. I've never been in the military. Yeah, but like it feels like it could be like that type of setting because it's paramilitary. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, like no, no, no technology with you. Like you're, you leave your cell phones in your car. Yeah. You know, you if you want if you want to go and talk to your family, you either use a payphone or you go out to the parking lot and talk to your family. Payphone, like, man. The, yeah. The blast from the past. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Dude, nowadays, if you had a payphone, it's because something went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're not on a payphone for a good for a good reason. How did you get started, Yuppie? Me? Yeah. Um, man, I. It's a good question. Bringing it way back. Five years can seem like yesterday. Well, when you're 22. Also, yeah, I know. When you're 22, I'm sure like, oh, back in the day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, back in the day for me is like a couple of weeks ago for you guys. Um, <laughs> so. I swear, man. Time time is just. Yeah. As you get older, man. It goes quicker yeah. and quicker. Yeah. It's crazy. I start making plans for the year, and I was like, oh, maybe this year I'll, you know, do, you know, something that I can totally do in a week if I try, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, so in high school, uh, I went through a lot of, a lot of like, issues with my family, like with parents and splitting apart, whatever. Dad leaving, my brother getting involved with a not so good crew that I hung around with as well, and uh, we we did a lot of partying, things like that. And I realized like, I could feel like in my mind that I was going down a wrong path. I mean, I was young, I was young, sent naive to what the world has to offer, if you will. Mm -hmm. But I could see myself starting to break away from uh, what I could see successful people like, like people in school getting good grades, they have a lot of friends, whatever. Yeah. And I saw myself go down this bad path and and my mom was like, hey, you know, you either need to get your stuff together or I'm going to send you to like a, a rehab or something like that. Oh, wow. So, so I ended up choosing... What are, you, what are, you, are you guys Mexican? Are you guys white? What are you guys? Oh, my, my dad is uh, Armenian. Oh shit! Okay, so, and he was in the Vietnam War. He's a uh, he's seventy. Okay, wow. okay. So he's and your mom? And my mom, she's. I'm asking if you got the chancla. Oh what, what? no 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 no! <laughs> well, I was I was privileged. You know, I, I probably got slapped in the face like, two times. Okay, okay. You know, my brother gave me most of my whoopings, if you will. Okay, okay. But it was an arbitrary type of discipline, so I didn't know. Like getting, you know, punishment versus like, you know, you doing something wrong. Yeah. That wasn't there for me. I had no structure with that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I chose, I chose to go into this, this rehab camp. And while I was there, sobered up. And as soon as I got out, there was a punching bag in the camp. Mm -hmm. And so I was sitting there and there's this one mentor who was like, here, come in, come into the, the weight room. I'll show you how to hit the bag. And so like, he's holding the bag. His name was Julio. And he's like, he's like, okay, throw a cross. And I'm like hitting the cross and I'm kicking. I'm pretty much learning like fundamental kickboxing skills mm -hmm. yeah. and I just kind of like fell in love with just that feeling of like working on a craft you know yeah. developing skills and bettering yourself and, and getting good at something and I was I was pretty chubby as a kid I was like 230 like 5'8 you know was, no shit you know, was me like six months ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know and uh, so so when I got out uh, one of the people that I used to hang around with his dad owned a gym you know, to Taekwondo school and they just started up this MMA program. And I saw, I saw the oldest brother of, uh, my friend, his older brother was doing a cage fight and I went and watched it and I'm like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. He won his fight in like 20 seconds. He like, he just got the TKO and I was just stoked. And so I went in and I went in and trained, uh, for a couple of months 
and there's this guy, Randy Harilla there. He has a, a Gracie blue belt, a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu blue belt. And he was showing like a Kimura from side control. And I learned that and I was, I kind of just fell in love with that. I'm like, this is some secret martial arts power. That's you know, right. I, I learned it and I'm trying to like, you know, trying to like do it. And I, I couldn't do it. And we did the live rolls and people were just strong arming me and I'm getting all frustrated. Some people were using technique, but you know how it was because it was like the garage gym, like the slide up door. Yeah. The, you know, Bluebell was teaching the class. These new kids will never know, man. I'm, I'm fortunate. I have a little bit of taste. Just a taste. Yeah. Just a lick of it, you know. And so I thought I was cool, you know, so I go to, go to school and I'm like, I know jiu-jitsu, like don't mess with me. And then I got into a, like a body boxing fight with this, this guy and I broke my hand, so I had to take time off. And uh, during that time, thankfully, I, I had like the opportunity of going down that, that path again, you know, Yeah. because I was getting into fights and, you know, at this time my dad was gone, so I wasn't focused on school. I was just getting into trouble. And uh, so my mom was like, like, okay, your hand's going to heal. And then you're going to go back into jiu-jitsu. And I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. So I go in, uh, 17 now, and there was a different instructor, uh, Josh Cordero. He was a brown belt at the time. And I brought my brother along with me, and we, we just, we kind of worked up. It was the end of 2012, and we worked up at a gym outside of the academy for like a month. We're like, we're going to get buff and strong. We're going to go in, and we're going to like wreck. fuck all these motherfuckers up. <laughs> So we're gonna wreck these guys, dude. That's awesome. And so we go in. We're gonna get buff and wreck. <laughs> I didn't even get buff. I was just doing like you know the bro splits, like curls and, and cool. press. And yeah, 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 I didn't even know what I was doing. You skip like day every day. Every day, <laughs> every yeah, day. yeah. I did it once a week, maybe like a Wednesday. But it was like the squat rack where it like it was a on machine. The, the Smith machine. The Smith. Yeah. Uh, so it was on the track. I was lifting like a hundred pounds. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Getting bummed. Oh man, I just started. I started squatting in earnest about two years, about a year and a half ago. Where I could barely get like the the big plates. Like so, the big plate on each side is like a one thirty five, and I could barely after you know twenty eight years of neglecting leg day. <laughs> um, you know, I could. You know, the thing about like a squat with like more weight than your body wants to handle, so you can feel it like in your guts and your fucking asshole and your ball sack. <laughs> Like your whole, like your whole pelvic or the walls of your intestines, the walls of your abs, everything's just like straight, like, just like just pushing, straight. yeah, just like all that internal. It's real, man. I felt that it's during real. a deadlift. You're like yeah. getting to the top, and you're like, Fuck. where's all this stuff going? It's gonna fall off of me. You know? so yeah, no, it's real, man. You're just pushing, all, like all your walls are just pushing up. You know, uh, where now I'm like, I'm like flirting with like. I'm flirting with like squatting 300, which isn't even really that much because you know, you, like you talk to like average powerlifters who are like, yeah, 500 for eight, 650, 650 yeah, right. you know? yeah. Um, so I'm slowly, I'm slowly getting there. <laughs> That's not, yeah, yeah, maybe it's not a good comparison, yeah, yeah. you know. So I'm slowly getting there, but it's tough, man. It takes because also like you feel like like legs have been so hard for me to develop because. You know, like you'll squat and like just like your like your hips will be sore and then like your your like your fucking neck is sore up here and you like killed yourself with a sore. It's like fuck, like my legs aren't really sore. But you wrestled and you just in high do school over too, and over and over again. Yeah, I wrestled in high school, but like my for legs, I was just doing a lot of sprints. Oh, okay, um, I was doing a lot of sprints a lot. I did like um, like uh, sprints, running up hills. Yeah. So I lived I lived in San Diego. And so I lived in Claremont Mesa, which is like a, well, it's a mesa. Yeah. And then Pacific Beach is kind of down here. It's like Balboa Avenue. So I would like, um, 
I uh, like skateboard to school or take the take the bus down to school and my mom would drop me off and I would run up the hill every day. So I was like strong on my legs, but it was more like running. Also, I was like cutting weight, so I was yeah. always running. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you had that cardio strength. Yeah, that cardio strength. And I was like surfing all the time. You know, I was just like surfing, smoking weed, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing karate and wrestling, you know, like and playing Magic the Gathering. But I never really got into like into like squatting, squat, you know. But it's hard, man. It's 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 really hard, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I'm really glad. I'm really glad that I did it. So it makes you like strong, like and you know. And I feel like my back is stronger, you know, like. And with jujitsu, though, like you do a hard squat day. It's like yeah. you have to take a few days off of training. Yeah, you, know, like, you can't train too. as hard as you want. Yeah. You, you know, you start working like one half guard. Pretty soon, you're like, okay, I need to get to the other side. Yeah. Or I'm gonna strain a groin or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really tough. Like I, I, right now, I'm trying to figure out how to balance, how to balance like weightlifting. So I want to weight. I want to lift weights every day until I at least put on some more muscle. Mm-hmm. And I'll just have to. So I was like, okay, today I'm just getting my ass beat. You know, like I'll find a cloth choke if I can find it. But today, like <laughs> everything is just so sore. You know what I mean? But do um, you need to? I feel like you need to adapt that modality of training because. If you just did jujitsu, like if you did nothing but jujitsu, it doesn't produce amazing outcomes for your body. Like you're twisting bones and shit in directions that it doesn't belong. So mm-hmm. your yeah. your body's natural reaction, in my you know bro science sort of theory, would be to <laughs> let go of muscle density so that you can get so you can continue to fucking twist into you know mission control. Yeah, that's let go, for you. yeah. Let go of bone density. Let go of muscle density. And, um, you know, you'll have, like, well-developed shoulders and abs, but you're not, like, everything's just kind of wearing away. And especially, like, when you have a gi cutting across your bicep, you can, like, feel it, like, in your tendons, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think to be a long-term jiu-jitsu practitioner, you got to, like, strengthen the body in one way Mm -hmm. or another. So, Alicia, how'd you get started? Um, well, I actually, so I used, I started at Carnage with Jamie Hara, and Uh, I used... I gotta have Jamie on the show, man. Yeah, I um I used to live right down the street from there, so I had driven by Carnage hundreds and hundreds of times before. Okay. And I knew nothing about jujitsu. I knew that they, had, you know, it says Carnage MMA, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll go do some kickboxing, try to like get in a little bit better shape, or just do something in my spare yeah. time that's productive. Let me stop you there and ask you something, just because uh, uh, one as a as a gym owner and two just as a curious mind, right? So you got a mm-hmm. like a like a a female sort of uninterested observer just kind of driving by the sign and says carnage mma like is that a little <laughs> intimidating or like does that you know or, it was, no, or not really it wasn't intimidating to me okay. both my parents were martial artists so like okay, cool. i grew up in that kind of environment so okay. to me like it was kind of exciting it was intimidating as i walked in there and carnage is a small place i don't know if you've ever been inside it it's a small little garage type of place and um when i first walked in there there's like a bunch of big dudes, you know, two big guys in the cage, and they're just like boxing it out. And like, I mean, a, there was a ton of people in there, and they were, you know, just all kicking the shit out of each other. I walked in, I'm like looking for someone yeah. who like owns the gym that I yeah. can talk to. And then comes Anthony Bivens with the kids right. slapping each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I was, you know, walked up. I think it's, I think, you know, I talked to Rumsey first, like, hey, you know, like I just wanted to kind of try out your program and then here comes jamie hara out from the little back room back there and he's like hey, we're about to stop t- tapping on the on the table sorry is I t- oh, yeah sorry. this is really sensitive sorry yeah, um yeah so uh jamie comes out and he's like hey have you ever tried jujitsu we're about to start a class i'm like i don't know anything about jujitsu yeah and then him chris and jamie gomez actually i tease everybody i'm like you 
that I got bullied into trying jujitsu because at first I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about it. I don't really want to try it. And they finally convinced me to throw a loner gi on and try a class. And, um, you know, after that first class, I was sitting down afterwards, like clearly exhausted, like never done anything like that before. And so Jamie's like, well, what do you think? I'm like, yeah, I'll be here every single day. And from then on, I was training six days a week, you know, and just like that, just like that. I fell in love with it instantly. Never. I think I took one or two kickboxing classes like a year later, but I was just so uninterested in anything else. Like all I wanted to do was grapple. No shit. But why? I don't know. Like, you know, I took a couple kickboxing classes. I just don't have that type of like, I just don't like punching people in the face. Mm. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like with jujitsu, like if you get hurt most of the time, it's your own fault because you have the chance to tap out, you know? Yeah. Whereas with, like, kickboxing and boxing and stuff, I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't really like punching people in the face all that much. So I don't like, have a problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, like, I, I hate punching. Like, I don't like getting hit in the face, period, because, you know, I just, I work so long on these teeth. You're you know? handsome guy. <laughs> no, man, I just, I, I, I like my teeth, man. Like, if I get punched in the teeth, then it's just, like, it's over. You know I mean, my, my career is, like, as the poster boy. As a poster boy. And it's like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. But shout out to the loner geese, man. How many fucking people started? Oh, How many yeah. people started because oh. there's a loner geese oh, in the dude. back? Yeah. Like, here, throw this on. I think almost I, everyone started, started with the loner geese. Right? Game. Yeah. Well, I just, I mean, I just, shout out to Darren Conley, my student. He's like, oh, I just came to watch. I was like, well, I got a gee right here. Oh, look, I think it fits you. He's like, fine. <laughs> you know, and, now, and now he's, you know, and now he's, uh. Well, when, when I started, there, there was no. There was no like online, like I couldn't find one online, so I had to go to like a. Dude, that was back in, in the, the day corner. when that was back in the day when shady gym owners they had three hundred dollars. Yeah, 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 I paid one hundred and fifty. I mean, that's a good price, but I paid yeah. one hundred and fifty for like a jujitsu pro gear. Yeah, oh. and it lasted me like four years. That's not bad. It was a good quality. Yeah, it was really good quality. But you had to go like down the street to like a ghetto part of San Jose. There's like a Max Muscle right there. In the back, you go past all the Bomba and like everything else. Smell it, smell it in from Brazil. Yeah. What's this? Oh, it boosts your testosterone. I'm like, I just keep walking, keep walking, <laughs> just keep going. I don't want about that. But yeah. then they had just like geese, uh, shin guards, and gloves right there. It's like, oh, what is this? Cool. It's like a whole little spot. Yeah, yeah, man. Tough to make money on gear, man. Mm-hmm. The margins are so rough, dude. Mm-hmm. Like this guy. When I opened up ESAC BJJ, immediately, like, this guy from Pakistan was like, oh, I see you are a new gym owner. Congratulations. Like, let me send you samples. You know, he was like, you... and dude, the, I mean, the, I might actually wind up buying geese from him, you know. It'll take, like, six weeks to get them. But mm-hmm. um, what he's charging for them versus what you, what you charge, like, because everyone, like, like, well, you know, I, I feel like Amazon had a big, a big part to do with this. Where it's like Amazon made, like, wholesale pricing really transparent. Where it's like, you know, I have, like, the the Century Martial Arts gym owners, like, you know, wholesale catalog here. Mm. But it's not any cheaper than what you can get on, on Amazon now. Yeah. You know, and now people, like, who own factories, you know, because of Facebook and Internet, just, they're just talking, talking to you directly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's hard for it's hard for a gym owner or, like, a Max Muscle or whatever to be like, oh, yeah, you know, here's a, because, you know, like you said, like before the internet, it's like, yeah, here's a gi 150. It's like yeah. now that same gi is like 100, you know, 80, yeah. you know, shit. I mean, they're selling quality gis on Amazon now for like 60 bucks, you yeah. know, Sanibel. It's yeah. not bad. You know, it's crazy. 93 brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, good for us, right? Like, because, you know, when I started, 
I didn't buy I didn't buy a proper gi until I was like a brown belt. I treated myself. Really? Yeah, dude. All my gis from like white belt, blue belt, purple belt, they were all like garage sale, Craigslist. I'd <laughs> buy them off. Down. Yeah, I'd buy them off people that quit. Do you have the Carfax on this gi? <laughs> 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 yeah, how many orders is that? Yeah, yeah. No, I figured like you know when I when I get to like, I have this theory is like I have this theory about starting anything new, like don't buy nice shit, like mm -hmm. prove to yourself that you deserve it. Mm -hmm. and, like, fucking be an OG. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, be the kid at the skate park with the shitty board, but can still, like, can still fucking, you know, shred, can still shred, you know, and then and then get, you know, so when I got my brown belt, I was like, all right, I'll, now I'll buy, like, a nice ski, you know? Cheat myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, but, yeah, my whole white belt year, dude, I was, like, in a judo gi, like, Ooh. tattered up to here. Talk like, about back in the day. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. Just fucking trying to make the judo gi work, you know? I'm a little, I'm a little jealous that you guys got to go to that old school stuff and like we're just like oh yeah we started like two three right. four years ago I'm like we don't we don't know nothing about this old school like jujitsu lifestyle mm -hmm. yeah. do well, i still feel like i'm i do no justice in representing anything with old school other than like the i was put through a gauntlet when i got my blue belt and after that that was like it you know yeah 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 <laughs> you know i did some i did some garage grappling i remember my fucking my buddy, uh, I won't say his name, but you know this actually strained. This actually strained the friendship because we. Um, <laughs> That's your running friendship. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like old school, right? Sounds like anyone's ever heard of that. This is actually this is actually strained the friendship. But um, at the time, I was prescribed these. I was, I was prescribed these pills called Clonopin. They're like you know for, oh. for my anxiety. Yeah. You know, and um, so we would you know we we would uh, we'd have like a fight night. And you know these paper reviews are like three hours, right? And we'd have like like I'd be like hey, here here take you know take one here here take one, and so we're all just like <laughs> we're all just like this like ah, and then and then and then Nick Nick is like but you can't do that move on me bitch. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. that's just popping up right there. Oh yeah. Uh, like nah, dude, come on, let me try it. Let me try it. So we like move the coffee table over, you know, like, you know, like move the coffee table over and. Uh, you know, sure enough, I like fuck his rib up or something, and he's like, "God damn it, Jabal, you've been you're like, you know." By this time, I was like closer to a blue belt, mm -hmm. you know, and he's like, he's like, you know, he's an office job guy, you know. I mean, and then he started telling me, he was like, "Jabron had me over for the fights and like told me like he had to, he, you know, I had to fight him," and, and we were all messed up on, you know, we we're all messed up on these weird Mexican oh. drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So I mean, I guess that that was pretty. That was old school, just in how stupid it was. You know, I, I hope people aren't doing that anymore. Yeah. When did you guys, um, with regards to like purple belt, what, when did you guys feel like okay, I feel like I'm leveling up? What, what aspects of your game sort of like developed, and you're like, okay, now I think I'm a purple belt. As a blue belt? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, what, like I'll start. Like when I when I got my blue belt, when I was a blue belt, and when I really felt like a purple was when I started stringing submissions together. Like I remember I was rolling with, um, I was rolling with, with actually with Jeff Stromberg at the time, Jeff was a little bit bigger and I was a little bit smaller. So it kind of made sense. If you put us side by side now, it doesn't make sense. But, um, you know, he, I was like, threw up a triangle, he postured out, you know, but he get, he had his arm. So I was like, oh, oh my plata. Then he rolled and I re-rolled and it's like the arm bar. And I think he tried to come back on top, and I was like, "Fuck triangle again!" It's just like submission after submission after submission. I was just like daisy chaining them together, 
And I was like, oh shit, okay, I get this. Like, I think this is purple belt shit here. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm just like I'm not just like shouting single words. I'm like constructing sentences. Yeah, you know, you're, you're like yeah. you're like consciously maintaining a connection to the immediate like counter to whatever resistance you're getting yeah. from your opponent. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that like for me that was like that was like the feeling that opened up. It's like okay, I think I think I'm ready for it. Broke the barrier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you guys have anything like that or? Um, I would say a lot more comfort, comfortable on bottom. Yeah. You know, it's because, you know, from a wrestler standpoint, you know, like you're, you're so comfortable being on top that, you know, like you, you've already established like your top game, you know, like the submissions will come, whatever, you'll, you'll figure it out. But coming from like, from top game to bottom game, like it's a whole new world. It's a whole different type of dimension. And, uh, like I started trying to play with it on oh, blue belt, you know, I was getting a couple of sweeps here and there, like hip on sweep, you know, simple stuff like that. But then I would get a lot more like half guard and, you know, all these butterfly guards and start working a lot more, like a lot, being a lot more comfortable on bottom. Yeah. And uh, just getting the sweeps in, getting, getting all the transitions from there, you know, that, that, that's what worked for me. You know, like I felt a lot more, I felt a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Saying that, okay, this purple, this purple belt, it's kind of like looking good on me, but you know, like I still feel like a blue belt kind of level. No shit. Okay. I was just gonna say I still feel like a blue belt half mm -hmm. the time. Like mm -hmm. yeah. when I remember when Jamie gave me a purple belt, like, like I was scared. You know, I I didn't feel ready for it. I don't think anybody really ever does. But um, I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident in being a purple belt because I just I feel more confident in my jujitsu, my ability to. Um, move fluidly between different positions and different submissions and everything. But it's still, I still struggle with it from time to time, you know? And I mean, I only got my purple belt, I want to say like four or five months ago. Yeah. So, you know, I'm still trying to work on it, but I feel like. How do you do against brand new men that are your size? I do pretty well. Uh, that's some purple belt shit. Yeah. <laughs> I typically, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I do pretty well. Even guys that are bigger than me, um, white belts and stuff is it's not anything that is intimidating to me but i do try to be careful because some of these new guys come in especially if they're bigger than me get kind of aggressive and if i submit them two three four times they start getting angry and then that's when you know injuries happen mm -hmm. unnecessarily but yeah um so i'm kind of getting more confident and yeah sitting where i am right now i actually saw her like tear up this dude who wrestled at sac state for oh, the wow. wrestling club he was like jacked. I think he weighed about like two, two ten, two fifteen. Nice. It's like looked like he did some type of bomba, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like just veins popping out everywhere, you know what I mean? Veins popping off his neck all the way down to his legs. I'm like, Jeez. dude, all natural. I just eat right, right? Yeah, And like, dude, try to try to try to just get top game on her, and she just like swept him over, took his nice. back, and then choked the dude out. And yeah. I was like, nice. if you don't mind me asking, what are you weighing in at? Uh, typically, right now, I'm weighing in at 155, but I typically compete at, um, no gi, I compete at 145, yeah. with the gi on 152. That's a good size, I mean, you know, not to, not to be, like, chauvinistic or anything, but if you're, like, a woman at, like, 120 pounds, like, you know, fucking all the jitsu in the world's gonna be, you know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be, you're gonna, you're gonna have to get a hold of a lapel or something, and, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, but, like, 155, you have, I feel like you have enough, and it's exponential, too, right? Like, 130, like. The difference in being able to defend yourself 
from 100 to 110 is way bigger. You know, oh, to 110 absolutely. to 120, you know, like 150 to 160, probably not that much more benefit or 160, you know what I mean? But like, I feel like 155, like you're, you know, you're skilled enough and you're big enough to like meaningfully defend yourself. Absolutely. You know, where it's like, I get, um, I get some of these like really small, like smaller females in my classes. And I'm just like, all right, like you're, first of all, like the big guys, when they get on top of you, like, yeah, go easy, don't crush their neck or anything. But also, you know, when someone does attack you, it's going to be someone bigger. So you're going to have to look for that lapel choke. You're going to look to, you're going to have to look to put them behind the guard, behind the shin, elevate them and get the fuck out of there. Absolutely. You, we can't have you hanging out underneath someone that big, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, that's how, like, especially with these smaller girls, like, you know, I've trained with a lot of smaller females and like you, yeah. you know, they get cracked ribs and stuff just from like being on bottom and trying to, you know, turtle up or move on their side and have these big guys on them or... Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, it happens and yeah. it's unfortunate, but like you said, like, I feel like really confident in the size that I am being able to, you know, roll with bigger guys because I don't feel like I'm quite as fragile. Yeah. yeah. Not saying that jujitsu girls are fragile at all. It's just. No, not at all. But I mean, there's like, like the size of your rib cage matters. Absolutely. Yeah. And like core muscle development. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. when, whenever I'm on the bottom and I'm doing like, and I'm doing escapes like far side escapes to where I'm turning away from my uh, partner. Yeah. Your hands are like busy with them staying connection to like their shoulder area, their arms. Yeah. And as you're rolling, it's kind of like, it's like a log over another log, if you will. Yeah. And if you don't have the awareness to like use your core in that moment, it's like, you're just getting like, Ugh, like a toothpaste. Just gets smushed, yeah. So you're you know? doing, yeah, it's like you're doing that squat again and everything. Yeah. And your guts are just <laughs> exactly. like, oh, where did exactly. everything go? You know? But yeah. I think I think being like 150 and going uh, some a wrestler, you know, yeah. someone with a really good awareness of top game, who's like 210, it's like 60 pounds heavier than you, mm. and just tearing him up, like that's impressive. That's yeah. badass. That's impressive. Yeah. Do you think that'd be like an equal ratio from maybe 110 to 120 pound females to the average male coming in? Yeah, think? probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like. I I don't think like 110 pound women can't defend themselves, but yeah. it's got to be. It's got to be super critical about like, hey, so you can't work. like, and this is why I get mad at sport jujitsu. Yeah. Honestly, this is why I get mad at sport jujitsu. It's like, I feel like as a gym owner, my highest responsibility to my students is to teach them to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. mm. Number two is everyone has fun and feels positive about themselves on the way out the door. Mm -hmm. but, you know, number three is, hey, we all make new friends. Number four is sport jujitsu. You know, yeah. Um, and like I, you know, I tell like you know my wife, hundred, you know, hundred and ten pounds, soaking wet. Um, <laughs> we have two other. We have two other. We have a great working group of white belt females that are about like 115 pounds and less. That's awesome. But I tell them like, you know, it, like if you get a, if you ever get, God forbid, if you ever get attacked, it's going to be someone bigger than you. And, you know, your highest priority is you cannot hang out on bottom. I don't give a fuck about the arm bar. I don't give a fuck about the, you know, trying to throw up a triangle. You cannot hang out on bottom, someone mm -hmm. your size. You mm -hmm. can't. So for you guys, it's all like, let's really, really learn a butterfly hook, you know, because you can't, like a 110 pound female can elevate. A 200 pound man like if they really learn that butterfly hook really nicely if they learn that underhook really nice here let's elevate let's technical stand up and get the fuck away yeah. you know um so i feel like that's it's it's still totally doable but you have to like adjust your thinking like hey like we're gonna do some really position oriented jujitsu yeah. like i'm, I'm yeah i recognize yeah, absolutely I'm, i recognize i'm smaller and i'm not gonna hang out on bob you know mm -hmm. and, and again this is also why i got mad at, at sport jujitsu it's like you know people say well, the Meow Brothers could fuck you up, you know. You know, if they if they if they were on, you know, if they were in the street, they'd still fuck people oh, up. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, that is what we call, you know, a false analogy, and that's what we call a straw man theory. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that they can't fuck you up, you know. Just because it's still effective doesn't mean it's most effective, right?
Like, yeah, sport jujitsu is still effective against untrained individuals for sure. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's the most effective thing that you would that you would want to do to pull guard or you know like sit down to a butterfly if you're being attacked in the streets. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as a corrections officer, you know you don't yeah. you don't know if like you got to be aware the homie stomp out. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't want. I really don't want to like pull guard against like five five inmates on one. You know what I mean, like, no. that no. doesn't sound like a smartest <laughs> choice ever. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like oh, if anything, like it's like because even then grappling's gonna be tough. You like you would really want boxing. You got your yeah. gear on. Like, you got like, you got your duty yeah. belt on. You got your baton. You got your, you got all your mace. You got your handcuffs, and then you have your vest on, which is limiting your mobility as well. So it's just like you got. Man, every... that's another game, dude. Yeah. So you have like frames. Yeah. Your and best friend. Yeah. Like frames. All your frames. Like a refrigerator. Frame. <laughs> yeah. 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 Your frames and your space, dude. Like if someone if someone were to push you on the ground, like you you literally like have to like get your space because. Your partners, like wherever wherever you are, you, you have an average of like a minute to like a minute and a half to of getting back up. So your so your job, yeah, it's, a, it's long a long time. time. Like no matter where you're going, it's a long time. Like especially so, with all the adrenaline rushing in you, like you're you you have a minute and thirty seconds just to keep just to stay alive. Fuck, you know what I mean? And then then your partners come in to save you. So it's it's a really like it's an. <laughs> It's scary. It's a scary yeah. thought. Yeah. You know, so I'm, no being on bottom. Yeah. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, um, my dad, uh, uh, he actually went through that type of scenario about uh, 20, oh my like, 25 years ago. Like he, he was working, working living in it and, you know, thank God he's still alive, you know, but he, he was opening a door for an inmate and some, for some reason, dude just went behind him and <laughs> back of his head. Oh yeah. You know, and Oof. he just got stomped out by three, by three inmates and, his partners came from like the, he was on the top tier, oh. so his partners were down were down the uh, on the YC counter, or they were putting away other wards too. Yeah, and they they saw that, and it's like at first it's the reaction time, so you know you see that you're analyzing what's going on, and then um, you're like, oh crap, you know, you got to put on the radios like we we have a we have staff assault, you know, you got to press your alarm, all that stuff, and make sure you got run all the way out there, make sure you know the wards aren't fighting downstairs or they're not trying to set something up for you guys too so you got to analyze everything that's going on it's a it's just a lot going on mentally and i ask my dad every day like because you know that's he's he's one of the survivors that kept going because right now he's, yeah right now he's a, he he made his way through the ranks and now he's a captain okay and so he in corrections yeah okay so he's uh i don't get the hookup i don't get the homie hookup that's yeah. that's not what i'm saying you get more responsibility it's just that you know he, yeah he, you almost have to perform better if yeah, you have family involved yeah no, yeah no like i love my dad you know but he's he's one of the guys that you know i was like i i survived just by keeping my, my space you know what i mean yeah you know, like it's it's a tough it's a really scary thing a tough way to make about. a buck yeah fuck you know it's really scary about that is if you really think about it you're like Wait a second. How many fucking how many men do we have locked in cages in here? Fucking two thousand. I mean, how many of us is there here? Twenty of us. There's yeah. like yeah, there's like two hundred of us compared to like, like two thousand of them. Yeah, it's like fuck. Like yeah, I mean it's like just just the math there is really yeah. scary. Like yeah, it's scary, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't do you carry do you carry uh, firearms on you? Uh, it's, I work in a youth facility, so it's mm -hmm. like thirteen and like 20, 25 year olds. So some of these thirteen-year-olds, man. Yeah, man. There's some big thirteen-year-olds out there. I remember. If I uh, I remember Keto used to bring. Do you guys know Keto Alexander? Keto Keto's one of my favorite people that I've met in martial arts. He um, he's uh, he's a striking guy. He's also he's also a purple belt. He's a good purple belt too. But he uh, he'd bring his boy in, and he was like fourteen, two fifty, you know, 
big boy. His hands like this. <laughs> <laughs> His wrists like that. You know, Jeez. seriously. You know, um, it's a bear. It's right? a bear, man. It's a, fucking, yeah, it's a bear, dude. And Kido's like, yeah, dude. Like we're teaching him the hip pads now. He's gonna, you know, watch out. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, I will uh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> man, like I don't want to get hit by that dude. What is he like for Christmas? Hey, so do you guys feel like when when you guys got your purple belt and just kind of like showing up at the gym or whatever, like you feel like you're like there's a little bit of seniority associated with it, right? Or do you feel like like people are just kind of like like you know? And I got I feel I got this as a brown belt too. So it's like everyone's like okay, like you know, even on your you, know, you got the flu or you're kind of feeling a little bit under the weather. And like the blue belts are just like shark, like mm-hmm. fucking attacking. Right. Just yeah. the purple belt. It's okay. It's, like, it's a purple belt. Good, you know, fucking full neon belly. It's okay. He's a purple belt. Like, yeah. Do you guys feel like that at all? Or? It's like it's like when it's like anytime you get promoted. Like, you, you, there's a target on your back every time you get promoted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, I feel like it's just it's just a rite of passage. Yeah. That you that once you get promoted, that there's a there's a higher expectation of you. Yeah. Yep. And that you're expected to deliver whatever whatever comes at you. you know? yeah. So that's that's how I feel about or it. Or strive towards that yeah. you know. Yeah. That place on yeah. the hierarchy. Yeah. And then I like using that word, uh, my instructor Manny Rocha at Blue Belt, he made this analogy to like the animal kingdom, how <laughs> you step yeah, you step on the mat and once you bow in and you're working on the craft, uh, you know, nothing's personal anymore. You know, your work you're all working towards the same goal. Nothing's personal when it comes to trying to apply certain techniques, especially yeah. in regards to self-defense techniques where you're going to have to make your opponent or your partner uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so within that, you know, that's where like the etiquette and the culture of like good sportsmanship can really you know, maintain that sort of thing of like blue belts closing in. And, but then I guess it, it also has to do with how established is your academy? Is it a new academy? Yeah. To where you don't have enough color on the mat to, you know, enforce the etiquette. Not yeah. enforce, but, you know, uh, what's, what, represent mm-hmm. yeah. know, the, the etiquette. So show people the hierarchy. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. No, it's, it's a Because there's a, a verbal jiu-jitsu, too. Yeah. Somebody comes in, they start talking. I've been all around all town trying to find a gym for me. And, you know, I went over there. And to be honest, I tapped out the instructor and all the high belts in there. Oh, and yeah. you're like, oh, really? Well, tell me more. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, I was just going with them and I just crushed them. And they, they all told me, you know, they were tired. They're working for a term. And then, you know, you see, they start to extend themselves. Yeah. And yeah. that's where you can cut them off with some verbal jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. Then you real. can strangle them if you want, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Skills, that's always you know, nice but, to do, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of responsibility. Like, well, I felt like there was more responsibility as well when I became a purple belt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was expected to, like you said, perform in such a way. And like, you know, and like how you said, there's a target on your back. But I feel like... You know, you're also expected to be able to help your training partners because you have a better understanding of jiu-jitsu at that point because it's your first, you know, you're finally out of, like, that blue belt intermediate level. So I felt like, you know, there was a little bit of pressure there. I don't, I don't know if pressure is the right word. I think but, you, be, you become a leader. But, yeah, sense. they definitely, yeah. like, you know, you have, like, white belts, like, especially being, like, a female, you know, having, like, there's not a lot of females in jiu-jitsu, or not as as many no, as men. No, there's not a lot. There should yeah, be more you know, like, And so yeah. I definitely feel like it's really important, especially as a female purple belt, to uh, make sure, you know, lower belts that are women feel comfortable and they feel like, you know, I can try to help them progress a little bit because I think that a lot of women end up leaving because they feel uncomfortable. They feel like, you know, that's... 
you know, they just like, it's kind of a boys club, you know? So I try really, really hard to make them feel, you know, that I'm like helping them through stuff, but it is hard, you know, and difficult at times to, you know, have that leadership type role, which, you know, I still, like I said, I still barely feel like a purple belt myself. So it's like, I don't know, this weird balance that I struggle with. That's why I love like the fact that like there's, there's chances for women to like to get comfortable like there's women's classes too, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's it's okay. I'm wary of those. It's 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 it's, it's a hit and miss. It's because a, yeah, like, I'm really wary of you those. You know, like women on women. You know, like they're helping each other out. Like it's cool and all, but like for like self defense, you're gonna get attacked by a fucking yeah. men. Yeah, you're gonna, it's gonna you're be by a man. You're gonna get attacked by a man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I try to I try to encourage the women that come into our women's class, like you know, to come to our men's class too, like our 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 co-ed class, um, because you know like. The fact of the matter is, like, if you're gonna get assaulted, like, it's gonna be by a dude that's like 250 pounds, and yeah, you know, like, he's, yeah, he's not gonna care what color belt you are. He's gonna try and attack you. Yeah. Well, I think variables within a yeah. female's class. There's not as many elements of like intimidation. So yeah, yeah not, that could not, be really positive. Not, I mean, you're, you're not probably yeah, exactly. right about that. And yeah. so, if if you have a female's class that's focused strictly on the fundamentals of how to properly keep your body aligned, fundamental like jujitsu self-defense techniques of staying aligned, staying out of danger, how you were saying like learning a proper technical get-up, using the butterfly hooks when you're on the bottom, trying to keep your opponent somewhere within your legs and your arms to be able to, you know, apprehend them if you will for the amount of time that you need. And to be in a class with a bunch of men, you know, newer men like staring, you know what I mean? And just being big and hulky on the mat, those things can distract uh, i think newer females from focusing on yeah. what's important in uh, learning from a jiu-jitsu yeah especially get, like the creepers they're like yeah. trying like <laughs> trying to be like hooking up with the girls in the gyms yeah, the, guys yeah. just... the young guys and the yeah. yeah man yeah women's only classes are really good for like introducing a female to jiu-jitsu and like i yeah. like you guys said like mm-hmm. maybe helping them feel more comfortable mm-hmm. but if they want really want to any kind of self-defense or to compete you have to be able to roll with the guys yeah and you once... have to be able to learn how to how to develop your game so that you can go against bigger people and even smaller people who are more technical than you you know like it's so important to be able to roll with men and and i feel like it just makes you more well-rounded because you know like i don't know like you guys said it's just you're not going to probably get i mean you're going to get attacked by females sometimes you know there's always kind of girl on girl type of issues but if more often than not, you're having to defend yourself, you know, outside of a bar walking home late at night or something, you know, like just uh, on Friday at the light rail station, because I take, take the light rail to work, I had a guy that. come up and like try to like take my bike from me and everything. And Fuck, really? Yeah. How'd and, that go? Well, you know, I just told him he needed to back off or whatever, but I did no. because of jujitsu, I had the confidence to be able to stand my ground and feel like I wasn't... It was before you might have just given him the bike. Right, I might have yeah. just like, okay, take it, sorry. Yeah. I mean, the guy was like super, super drunk and everything. And oh But, God. you know, it was just like I felt confident enough to be able to say, hey, you need to step back. And, like, I always keep pepper spray and everything with me because I feel like it's important that, you know, yeah. you take every precaution yeah. to yeah, protect yourself. Yeah. Defense. You know? Well, Dean Lister pulled a gun on this tweaker. Saw that. Yeah. But he pulled the, well, he pulled the gun. The right? tweaker pulled a freaking hammer on him yeah, yeah no, no i'm not not to snow but i say like you know dean lister doesn't need the gun but it's because like you know yeah. the gun everyone understands you know like yeah. people, people might not know he's a leg lock he's the king of the leg locks but yeah. fucking here you know it's like okay all right it, 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 <laughs> it's, it's like you know like it saves him from like getting himself hurt too yeah like, yeah because yeah. it's like you know yeah no it's like it, it's a good thing it's a, it's a good thing 
but it's like, you know, people understand pepper spray. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm all about different types of force options, man, because, like, you yeah. can go hands-on. You can be, like, the badass, like, you know, with hands-on, like, with self-defense that can choke somebody out or break their arm or whatever. But, like, what if, like, someone takes a video and it doesn't look like you're defending yourself. It just looks like you're just kicking his ass. You know yeah, I mean? you know, or even, like, I feel like it's important to exhaust every option before it gets physical. Yeah, exactly. You know, my parents yeah. always taught me being martial artists, your best defense is to walk away. Yeah. To avoid the situation altogether, you know? Yeah, if, if words, you know, if verbal yeah. jiu-jitsu, like, verbal can't, jiu -jitsu. doesn't work, what are your options? There? What did your, sorry. No, yeah. What kind of martial arts did your parents do? Uh, American Ting Sudo. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. And so they did they they're they're both in it. So well, my my dad I believe still does it. My mom hasn't in a long time. She's a second degree black belt in it. My dad's a fourth degree. Oh, cool. So I mean, it's it was just like super embedded in um, growing up that you know the importance of self defense and the importance of knowing how to defend yourself and to continue doing some kind of martial arts. That way, you know, your body and your mind are both physically and mentally ready for if anything was to happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, was there was there a time before you like got into competition or, or started rolling with, was there ever a time where you didn't roll with like bigger men where it was just like? No, I started from day one, started rolling with, you know, uh, with, yeah, I mean, it's at Carnage and everything. They're, you know, they're very, the way that they roll, it's very aggressive, you know, yeah. and they're very like, and so from day one, it was just go in there and just, you know, work your ass off. And, and four years ago, maybe there wasn't a well-established, like, female jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was a couple girls there. Uh, Carissa and Jamie Gomez were there, and they were there every day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we had a couple other girls who would come in a couple times a week. But definitely, like, for a long time, it was just the three of us girls that were there every day. So, I mean, your options are, like, you know, you have to roll with some of the guys, you know. And, yeah. And I feel like it really helped my development. And the guys there, the friends that I have, like Bivens and Corey and yeah. all these guys, like, you know, they they weren't mean about rolling with you, but they sure as hell didn't mind kicking your ass to help you progress further and faster. Yeah. Do you feel like bigger guys, just like, you know, like higher belt, higher belt ranking guys, like they they adjust their weights, like they compared do. to the size difference? Absolutely. I notice a lot yeah. of like the bigger guys. That's a trademark guys. of, being, of yeah. being more advanced, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, you have these white belt or blue belt guys, and they'll just get on top of you in side control, and they'll just sit. Yes. And they just sit on top Shoulder of you, and like, on top of your face. okay, so I don't, like, I can't move. I can't get, yeah. you know, and yeah, eventually, you as you do. become a purple belt and stuff, you learn how to get out of those situations. But as a white belt and blue belt, it was just like, okay, well, this sucks. You just through <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah this sucks. It's like you got that ego. It's just like, I don't want to get tapped by this chick. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. It's kind of a well. I think that's that's your only option when you really don't know what to do. Yeah. And you, the last thing you're resorting to is like frustration and desperation. It's like there's no need to go through that. You know. Yeah. 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 For me, for me, the adjustments actually, the adjustments that I made consciously for when I'm rolling with females, I think it's actually made me a lot better. Um, because you like if you watch like really expert Muay Thai practitioners spar, mm -hmm. it's super controlled. Yeah. And like brand new, brand new kickboxers can't spar like that because mm -hmm. they're just spazzing because they're they're not in control. You know what I mean? So, you know, if someone is like sitting up on my knee on belly, or if someone's sitting up and I want to have their shoulders pinned on the ground, I might just put my hand in their chest and kind of flatten them back out. But um, you know, the female's like, oh, hey, you know what, I might just put the hand on the shoulder and not grab a titty. 
you know <laughs> yeah. I was like, what, does it co- what does it cost you it costs you know it costs you nothing just put a hand on the shoulder instead you know mm-hmm. and just like you know it's like oh like i can actually think about this critically and kind of like be courteous and you know um and then i can still give like a neon belly like simulation without fucking throwing the whole thing in there you know yeah. without like oh, yeah. using know, hands like on the mat a little bit yeah using hands on the mat just kind of you know, adjusting put, your weight back yeah just yeah. yeah just adjusting the weight back and not like not like driving you know because like you really fuck someone up with it, you know, you yep. like like tap someone out with any umbrella, you know, yeah. with a good one. I feel like that helps you a lot, like with your tech, with your technique as well. It's like, especially like with your uh, transitions and stuff like that, like neon belly. Because I uh, spar with Sandy all yeah. the time. She's a purple belt uh, at my gym, and she's just a badass dude. Like yeah. especially like she's weighing like one thirty right now, I think something like that, or maybe lower. Uh, Sandy, I'm sorry if I said you. <laughs> She's sitting here testing him out like that. Right. Why don't you tell everyone how old she is? Too. <laughs> no, 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 no. She, she'll, she'll tell you herself. But um, you know, like I, I roll with her all the time, and she's just a badass dude. Especially like when we roll, like it's like there's nothing but flow. I mean, it, it's it's awesome, dude. I love it, and I just I I try to like spar with more with more women as I can because like I, it, I feel like it gets me better. Yeah, and I. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, I try to, like, um, you, you know, yeah, I try to, like, stop them in side control just to get the a good feeling of, like, okay, here, like, I establish side control and then let up and be like, all right, what would I do when someone starts flowing off here? What would my next move be? Um, but, I feel, you know, like, I feel like flow also is a, flow is a two-edged, it's like a double-edged sword, I think. You know, this idea, like, everyone's, like, you know, people, they tell you to flow, but that's like, that's like one goddamn lesson. That's not the whole fucking thing. It's yeah, a real you know? arbitrary statement. That's a really arbitrary, word, but, yeah, you know, yeah it's... it's really arbitrary too. It's like, well, like when I'm, when I'm mounted on somebody, I, do, I no longer want to flow. Yeah. I want to stop. Want to stop. Right? <laughs> I want to stop. <laughs> stop moving. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm inside control. I no longer want to flow. You know, like I, I'm sure they want to keep flowing, but yep. it's like I'm <laughs> fucking opening up the parachute and hunkering yeah. down. You know, like, you know, I'm forehead on the mat, driving like, all the way down. Like no more, no more flowing here, guys. You know, <laughs> um, and then you know another thing that pisses me off too is like, well, it doesn't piss me off, but I'll see folks like. You know, maybe like in a in a in a flow rolling scenario and like a grappling scenario, someone will shoot like a half-hearted, like a very half-hearted very, very half-hearted takedown, and then like the person who should be sprawling or invoking some sort of defense will be like, "Well, well, I'm familiar with the guard game, so fuck it. Here we go. Oh. You know, just pull them on top. It's like, here we go, guys. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. flowing. That's, that's what's pissing me off. You know, it's like no, guys. Like the flow thing is like one of many lessons. You know, yeah. like." Just because you're familiar with the guard game doesn't mean like you're gonna like you should actually contest that that position. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but people, you know, um, yeah, people get too obsessed with flowing. I think they want it to be. It is easy if you're a good guard practitioner. It's easy to just go to guard. You know, but like there's how there, would you how would you describe flowing? Like your personal like what would you? you know, I flow just flowing. flow until you get into a good position, then stop. Well, then what is what flow. is flowing? That's my question. Okay. For people listening, to you. you know, like what does that mean to you? Um, oh, that's a good question. Okay, so to me, flowing would be flowing is a state of mind where you it's chain grappling, where it's mm-hmm. like no matter what they do, I have a response. I think about it like like I don't know if you guys ever took anatomy and like anatomy class. Yeah, and anatomy I think is just a good. It's just a good um, analogy because they it was like it was like a flashcard. It was like a 
like a like a flat. You know, those like those cards where it's like they have like a body part, and then like it says on you know you see the picture and the function. Yeah, it says the function, and then it's just a lot of trivia you need to know. It's like you know, here's the bicep humerus, here's the fucking ulna, here's the you know, here's you know the the lung or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But you just have to know everything that's on these cards. That's how you pass an anatomy class. It's just a lot of memorizations, like you know, like. Um, absorbing a lot of fucking really interesting facts about the body and memorization. That's all really an anatomy class is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like fl flowing for me is like when you get into all these different positions, it's like that same flashcards. Like, hey, do you know what to do from deep half? Hey, do you know what to do when someone's coming up on mount? Hey, do you know what to do when some when someone is contesting the sweep and they're coming back on top of you? And you're like, yeah, I have an answer here. I'll fucking, you know, I'll move to a sister sweep. Hey, I have an answer here. I'll move to an S mount. Hey, I have an answer here. I'll do a mounted triangle. Hey, I have an answer here too. Look, I have an answer here, 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 and here. You know? And like when you when you get into a position and you don't know the answer, then you've stopped flowing. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, ah, oh, fuck, now I'm, now I'm in trouble, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like if you're, like, if you're just, like, moving from position to position and you're, like, just flashcards, boom, know the answer there, boom, know the answer there, boom, know the answer there, then, then you'll, you'll, people will think you're fast, but you're not, you don't actually yeah. have to be fast. You're just, like, invoking one technique after another. Yeah. And you're winning the speed exchanges just because you're, like, processing information quicker regardless yeah. of how fast your, your body is, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, flowing is just, like, just it's not act, like doesn't actually have to be in it like you know you don't have to be like smooth movements you know it's like yeah. the smooth it's really more like smoothness in your mind like, like yeah. every action does yeah. reaction yeah. Yeah. That, yeah yeah that's why that's why like if you're puzzled if you like took a moment and you're puzzled you're like oh, okay then you, now you stop flowing and now get back in flow that's what know? i think what like flowing is like it's like for every action there's a reaction because like if you get like you know you can pass guard you know get the mount stuff like that but, like but you stop it's like okay flow is done but like you want to transition to like uh, submissions now you know like you don't want to tap them out you want to like give them an opportunity like to defend to defend that uh tap the submission as well you yeah. know I mean? and then you just transition from there like you get an arm bar okay like she got out of the arm bar go for omoplata now got the omoplata go for triangle you know what i mean like it's all that stuff and then try and go back to arm bar and then she just gets out they just get out uh completely yeah and then you guys just start over again yeah and that's why i think like the flow is yeah yeah i think that's exactly right yeah, yeah. i well for me i think because it sounded kind of like you were you, what you think flow is is kind of relative to positions mm. like with like yeah. with every position you can flow through that position yeah for me i feel like flowing is uh, isn't relative to any specific technique or position what i think it is is two people who are trying to mirror uh, their partner's resistance and maintain that same connection of maintain like maintained resistance while uh, both partners are, sorry, I just thinking too much. Give me a sec. <laughs> I had the image in my head, but okay. So, so two people are, you know, when two people, you know, you shake hands and you go, so you're both yeah. agreeing to roll. So in this sense, flowing, I think would be agreeing to maintaining that level of resistance and yeah. staying connected there through any position that they go through. And I think the positions they would go through would be specific to those two individuals with what they know and they don't know. Kind yeah. of like what you were saying. So what they do know... It's also like they, an agreement between them, the two of them, not to escalate it. Like, exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's, it forces, <laughs> it forces yeah. the individual to be responsible for maintaining that same level of, uh, of effort and, uh, and strength and you know, speed and all that stuff. Especially if you have a partner that's injured. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, want, you want to give them a chance to, like, yeah. you know, work on something, like, especially if, like, they have a hurt shoulder, you know, so they want to work on something on their other side as well. 
And I think that's how, mm-hmm. like, the flow the flow works as well. You know what I mean? Like, you get them opportunities to work on different things that they're, they're not normally comfortable with. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, like, I'm injured. I can't I can't really, like, post on this shoulder because, like, it pops out, like, every time. Mm-hmm. So I want to work on this side. Yeah. You know I mean? like, that's how I think of it. Because when, when you put two, like, matching, uh, you know, you put, like, two streams of water going together. And it's both yeah. going the same speed. Um, if one person puts up like a flashcard that doesn't, that isn't all the way secure, you know, the water's still going to go through, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So it's, it's really just like the process of keeping that resistance while showing the other person what you know and what you don't know. Yeah. And the role would transition through what you don't know, I guess. Yeah. And in those moments you'd be like, Oh, I learned. Okay. I learned that right there. Yeah. And I think if you're not going hundred percent, maybe you're going 40%, the 60% is what you could use in your mind to identify those things. Yeah, what you're absorbing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then I think for me, like beyond flow is the ability, like the next level up for me is like the ability to improvise, mm-hmm. like on mm-hmm. the like on the fly. So I'm like, so maybe like two years ago, I was having a role with, uh, as you guys know, um, Derek Burns said, he's another, he's a, he's a peace officer as well. He's a sheriff. It sounds familiar. Yeah. He's a black belt at a uh, team alpha male. Oh, okay. But we're, we're having like a very spirited role, you know, we're like, he and I always have like, you know, we're, you know, we, we have gorilla roles. Yeah. We've had gorilla roles. Um, Derek's a man, dude. But, um, he was like on top, you know, he was like in a head and arm, like in front of me. And, uh, the way, like his, ang- his angle was funny and his elbow was kind of like, trapped kind of like under here underneath my rib cage but it was kind of like it was like just reverse or something it was just like it was like in a funny way and i was like wait a second i think i think if i pry his you'd have to see it but I, the point is like i i thought to myself wait a second, i think if i can break his grip and pry his hand into my two hands i can like pin his elbow which is already extended kind of funny under my rib cage and have kind of like a half-assed like like reverse armbar here actually mm-hmm. Uh, and um and I did it and I didn't get the I didn't get the arm bar I didn't get the arm but I but I was like from underneath him from a bad shot to now I'm on top and side control because I threatened the arm bar and he had to like and he had to reorient around it you go for those arm locks a lot man. That's yeah I yeah yeah and um but I just started like that was one of the first times where I just improvised you know mm-hmm. and afterwards he was like what did you like he's like that arm lock did you like well what was it did you, he was like did you just make that up and I was like yeah I just kind of made that up on the fly and like I just saw your arm was kind of kind of funny and I saw my rib cage was right there and I thought maybe I could pin it down and kind of just extend it this way up on the mat he's like yeah fuck dude good like you know like you know so I feel like flowing is like you know here and then like even and then the next one is like oh like can I fucking I don't know, like I got some funny alignment here. <laughs> Can I twist his head real good? <laughs> you know? Well, I think that's what that's like, what is that's the awareness you gain as you get higher rank. Maybe I don't yeah. know if you would say that's more of like a brown belt Maybe. ability yeah. to be able to disconnect your mind from an intensive role where you're going 110. percent Yeah, but you still have that. Critical ability thought. to disconnect to you can now throw a series of techniques together so you give yourself the time to think about what's coming next. Yeah, or anticipate what they're going to do. No. And I think that's where you got your alignment. You're like, okay, okay, I'm going to hit him with this. And then you, you see what he does. And you're like, okay, I'm going to try this. Yeah. And you formulate it. And then you do it. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. So yeah. you got something new right there. What do you want? Do you, do you want some water? Or you yeah. I'm actually, I'm going to grab my water right underneath yeah. the you. Yeah. Since we switched seats. Yeah. Thank you. What do you all feel like you need to get better at, if anything? Uh, there's a lot. Like, what, what's the like? What's the development towards the brown belt look like for you all? What's the next step in your development? What's 
what are you particularly good at and then what are you kind of particularly not good at? Um, I feel like my half card suites, like they, they're very like, they're effective, but you know, but when it comes to like close guard and like, you know, like the butterfly, like it, they get past though. Yeah. I'm, I'm still not used to being on my back all the time. I would like to hit more submissions from the back. Yeah. Just throwing your hips up and snatching someone up. Yeah. You know, like you're used to, you're used to like all like your hip movements and like when you, when you pass the guard, but a lot of times. For me, if I don't hit like a lot, of, I don't hit a lot of arm bars from close guard or you know triangles, triangles, you know, just because like I got those stubby thunder thighs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard, it's harder to get them, but like when I get them, like they get stuck. Yeah. So, but I would like to hit a lot more like transitions like from close guard and like butterfly guard as well. Yeah, yeah. Even if you can't, even even if you know, even if you don't finish them still, but if you're at least threatening to finish them, yeah. then that opens up others. That opens up a lot, right? Yeah. Like, as opposed to like, if I can, if I'm like, ah, shit, I think I can just take him. I can, I can actually wrestle into his guard and be okay. Yeah. You know, where it's like, you know, that shouldn't be the case, right? People should be very threatened by your guard. That'd be huge for you. Mm-hmm. Like, Yepi, when I tried pulling guard on Yepi, I was like, ah, shit, yeah. he's smashing me. <laughs> not recommended. Gee, it's not, really not. Not recommended. No, he's, got, he's got those long arms, and he just, he just has that pace now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like the Armenian genes finally right? kicked in. So. It was like when, like it was, it was like complete night and day. Like when, like when we fought like a U.S. Open until like Panda Cup. I was like, oh shit, dude! Like you, what? You know what was funny was uh, the match we had at U.S. Open and the match we had at Panda Cup was the exact same. Just it was, just, it was reverse, yeah. You know, it was yeah. legit reverse because like he pulled guard on me at U.S. Open, I passed and got side controlled like to mountains. Like same thing that I did to him at Panda Cup. Like it's like just reverse rolls. Yeah, and like I feel like I think he planned this in his head. Is like I'm gonna get my <laughs> I'm gonna get my runbacks and show him that like uh, I'm gonna fuck him up the same way he fucked me. Up. Man, you know there was there was really no um, there was no speculation of the match. When I start to think about what I would like to do, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much thinking make believe because yeah. I don't know what you've learned in that time. Oh yeah, and it just so happens that maybe this time I learned a few more things between our last match. Yeah. I think that's all that happened. That's like, I, I try to keep my mind as still as possible until I grab my opponent. Because only yeah. only then will I feel what they're trying to do. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's like, yeah, the belts are in, in a way the belts are important, but also you kind of know everything you need to know like ten seconds in. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, stiffness in the wrist. Are they fumbling? Like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. What do you what, what do you guys feel like you you need to improve on? Or what do you feel like you're particularly good at? Um, I definitely need to improve on my guard passing because so at, at that's Carnage, br- that's a brown belt skill. Like at Carnage, especially school. like they they focus a lot on leg locks there. Like if you want to learn leg locks, definitely Carnage is like it's a good place to go and learn yeah. learn that. But because we focus so much on that, I find myself that like a big hole in my training is a guard passing. Yeah. So I'm trying to work towards that, but it's def- like I struggle going to Maxwell's where they have really good guard retention there and really good guard passing. I'm like. Like oh, getting my guard pass by my like blue belts right now. This is yeah, I need to work on this yeah. big time, you know. But yeah, that's definitely definitely what I need to work on. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel like guard passing is a guard passing is huge because if you're like if you're if you pass someone's if you pass someone's guard like in thirty seconds, you know, like right away in the exchange. They just have no possibility to invoke any sort of offense. So mm-hmm. from there on, it's just like a, it's not even. There's no match. Like there's no, there's no 
possibility for an even exchange. If I just keep passing a guard, you know, it's really overwhelming. Yeah. But, and then guard passing, you know, I feel like it's kind of like jujitsu theory because, you know, no guard passing in the streets, right? More just like jump on you and smash. Yeah. 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 But um, at the same time, like, guard passing teaches you like momentum in people's legs and how to like work around someone's body. Like it, there's a lot of like really useful mm-hmm. self-defense skills and like, okay, oh, they're going that way. Maybe they go a little bit too much that way. Now I come the other way. You know what I mean? Like Gi and no gi too. Yeah. 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 How to pin someone down, smash them, separate them from their hips, mm-hmm. get your knee out, kind of slide across, you know? Um, yeah. Guard, like you would never, I don't think you would ever do a guard pass in the street and very little even in MMA, but, Good God, it's a useful, useful skill to have. Like just to wrangle someone's legs. Yeah, you know, yeah, super like, useful. There's like six or seven intervals from being in front of someone to being in tight control, where you are now disconnecting yourself from the mat, applying weight and misalignment uh, to your partner, and then go through that step, and then now you're back to connecting to the mat, driving into your opponent at a different angle, yeah. so that you can then connect to your partner again to change the angle. So it's like intervals of connecting, disconnecting from certain grips, the mat your partner and it's just a whirlwind of chaos yeah. if you don't know what's going on how much yeah. alpha brain did you take before me? you came in here this is this <laughs> half a black tire right here <laughs> you know, pete's coffee shout out <laughs> just sprinkle the alpha brain like just all this cognitive thinking that he's got going on is making that's me good no, to, to be honest <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like an elementary schooler compared to his college, college education <laughs> no right i'll now. tell you right now it's you the know, brown belt now yeah, <laughs> it's the, it's the fashion <laughs> no no it's it's all that all that partying i did in high school where i i didn't i didn't exercise my uh my learning ability into multiple subjects of uh, whatever school provides yeah. you, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to like positive thinking podcasts like mm-hmm. Wayne Dyer. I would listen to like, uh, what's his name? Earl Nightingale. Listen to just, just positive thinking. And besides what they were trying to teach, just listening to people articulate their thoughts properly. You learn uh, vocabulary. You learn how to like string words together, things yeah. like that. Uh, for me, as a, as a brown belt now, and even as a purple belt, like a couple, like a year and a half into my purple belt, I feel like now there's so much I know how to do that I, that I, uh, in any position, that I need to now take the time to write it out, articulate it properly. Mm-hmm. Especially now that I teach, I'll teach adult classes here and there, um, but to be able to articulate all the things I know to create room for new things that. Like new things, as in when I articulate a series of attacking from the mount, how can I use that series of attacking the mount with a series of positional control from mount to like the back control and then that half back control in between while attacking and maintaining those positions all at once? Yeah. And the only way to do that is to like maybe write it out, articulate it. And that's why teaching is so great because you explain minute details that you don't normally think about in words while you're just doing it makes you better for sure to you it just feels like a little head movement yeah in the mount you put your forehead on the mat you know there's multiple things happening from that but how do you explain that yeah yeah for for me teaching's been i mean really that's why i wanted to teach something that would make me better Mm -hmm. you know i got my first little taste of it like a couple of months ago actually yeah i taught 6 a.m class because manny wasn't feeling too good and he's like hey you're the most senior one in the class you teach the class i'm like (laughs) he's spank uh, <laughs> 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 but no, it, it was it was a lot. It was a very big lesson to myself, because mm-hmm. like you know, like all these things that you normally do that that's just like 
it's like remote to you. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you start articulating it in the words, it's like, wow, there's a whole lot of like, mm-hmm. having yeah, to explain it. You have to remember like every single little detail. Otherwise, you just lose everybody. Because I've only I think I've taught like two adult classes yeah. and and kids classes too. And kids and adults classes are yeah. way. Yeah way different like kids yeah. classes like hurting cats yeah. and yeah teaching kids not particularly rewarding no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, that's, not, that's not true like you know i have one i have one kid in my kids program i have one i'm sure all, you know because you know my kids program has been slower to develop than my adults mm-hmm. program right because mm-hmm. i don't naturally hang out with kids yeah yeah, yeah. that's a big should I right there man well yeah. i had the opportunity when i was 18 i went to another gym and i had the opportunity to teach children in exchange yeah. for my membership so I've been teaching kids now for about four years. Wow. And so the, the most kids I've had in one class by myself was uh, between 25 and 30 oh, kids. How'd that go? <laughs> it went great. Yeah. Really? You know, it was this funny situation in particular I could see where... I really good with kids, yeah. yeah. Well, because I was a kid too. You know, I was 18. Yeah, and I just stopped. The fact just... that you still are a kid. Technically. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're know, still a kid. Like, I could still be goofy. Like Simba. Simba's running the yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah. Just leading them into different instructions. Like, and being able to show them in a goofy way, like making it a little less serious yeah. so that their minds are attached to like the entertainment, you know, the, just the value of being in that moment and enjoying it and, and just having fun. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, no, like this one, this one kid that I have, it's cool because he's, I think pretty clearly getting bullied at school. Mm. And he was like, he was like, teach me how I can make a distraction and I can go hide. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh man. I was like, all right, man, here, here's the deal, Brody. No more hiding, all right? People will be hiding from you. Mm-hmm. You know, no more hiding, man. He's like, really? You promise? I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I promise. No more hiding, man. It's, like, it's amazing what it does for kids, dude. Yeah. Because my, my godson does it. He's been doing it as long as I have. Like, he's a gray belt now. He's like a little uh, Chinese Mexican boy, like so tiny. He's the smallest one in the class. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then when he goes to school, you know, like he's after all his training, like this bully tries to like, pick on some other kid and my godson goes up to the kid pushes him away like hey get back oh nice and i was like wow like that that made my heart drop especially yeah. standing up for somebody else yeah. like, like that's like awesome you get, like you get that sense of like courage like when, mm-hmm. yeah. like when you're like a kid you know what i mean yeah so his mom came to drop him off or pick him up i forget but she was like, I heard you taught him that he doesn't have to hide anymore. Thank you. <laughs> it's so funny because it's so funny because he's he's like he's he's eight years old, but he's like a big eight year old man. It's like, you know, it's so really? yeah, kids just don't think things through, man. Cause I'm sure this kid without jujitsu, this kid could just fucking he's a dude, his wrists are like mine, you know, like he's yeah. he's, he's he's big for eight, you know. Um, actually, actually I don't really I actually you know, cause I, cause I don't have kids and I don't like hang out with kids. Yeah. I actually don't know what big for eight is. Like I, don't, like, I don't know, like, how big you're supposed to be at eight. But then, you know, my wife here is like, this this, little, this guy's big for eight. And I was like, really? That's big for eight? And so then we went to, we went to, because um, she's Haley's friend. Mm-hmm. The mom is Haley's friend. So they invited us to a pool party, you know? And uh, I'm like, how old, are, how old are these other kids? And she's like, no, those are normal eight-year-olds. <laughs> You're thinking they're five. Yeah, I'm thinking they're five or four. So she's like, no, those are normal eight-year-olds. You look how big Brody You're is. Like, oh right? shit! Like, oh, <laughs> man. boy. Yeah, like, yeah, Brody, dude, no more hiding, man. You're gonna smash these kids. But you know, it, it's interesting. Jujitsu is a product, right? As a as a product for adults versus as a product for kids is different things, right? Like, you know, uh, I don't make my adults bow on and off the mat. Um, in fact, I tell my adults too. It's like you know, you want to be late, be late. 
I don't care. You know, you want to leave early, leave early. I don't care. You want to skip warm up, skip warm up. I don't care. It's your, it's your piggy bank. It's your investment. You know, like it's yeah. your, it's your like, um, it, it's your thing. You need to go to the bathroom. Really? Don't even ask. Just go. You're it's your a, own journey. You're, you're you an adult. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but just know, you know, just know, you know, I take a picture on my Saturday classes and I'm like, don't be surprised <laughs> when they're beating your ass because they're here on a weekend. You know, and you're mm-hmm. fucking in your comfortable bed, you know, in your pajamas, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, it's your, like you said, it's your journey, you know, so you're. Well, I, think, I think as in, as instructors, uh, we know better, right? We yeah. know better as instructors as thinking like bowing in and off the mat may not be as big of a deal to us. Yeah. As it could be to maybe a child or to Yeah, an no, adult. the children yeah. have to bow under the mat. It's like a of sense course. of discipline. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, the children, the children bow under the mat. The children, I enforce a lot more of like. Um, all right, guys, we got 90 seconds. Let's get to like the children. Cause I feel, I feel it just in terms of like as a product, like you want the parents to feel like you, they're helping social, like you're helping to socialize the child. Yeah. You know, and you like structure as well. Yeah. You help to produce good social yeah. outcomes, yeah. you know, where it's like, that's really, that's a lot of what you seek out martial arts as a product for. It's like teach, you know, put some weird Chinese shit in the wall and teach them discipline. <laughs> 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 You know, where it's like adults, it's more like, okay, you're here to learn to defend yourself. You're here to, you know, make new. I've made so many friends in jujitsu, you know, so it's yeah. like. Oh, yeah. Tons of friends, Def, you yeah. Know, fucking shout out to my, shout out to my student, Alexis, man. He's doing nothing but, he's eating nothing but steaks for the month of August or something like that. Yeah. He's doing the card, yeah, dude, fucking Joe Rogan went too far. And he's got all these, <laughs> he's got all these guys like, he, he's like, ah, fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm doing fucking, steak on I'm doing carnivore and BJJ. You know? like I can Jocko see him, like dude, I can yeah, see yeah. him fucking slimming steak. down. Now. Yeah. I'm like, what's the steak bill like? He's like, it's not pretty, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like, I have a steak for lunch, a steak for dinner, water and black coffee. $25 just in steak. Yeah, one day. something like that. Yeah. Dang. You know. I was on this thing where I had eat two steaks in one sitting. What, Really? Two pounds of steak every oh day. Oh my that's god! Crazy. For a week, yeah. I just just trying to get in. that protein in you. Just went in. I guess that's how I got big. Just eating steak. So I've been, you know, I've been doing more and more <laughs> lifting recently. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the things that I try to do is just make eating just another thing that I do. I try not to like super enjoy eating because once you're like, oh, I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I fuck it. Bring the skittles. You know. Right. Bring, yeah. bring the fucking pasta. Fuck it. It's a, it's a party. You know. Yeah. So um, during the days. I go to Costco and I buy like the cans of tuna and uh, pretty much every weekday I'll have a can of tuna for lunch, yeah. you know, every day. And uh, probably about like the middle of last week, I had like had like my sixth can of tuna like in three days. And I'm just like, oh, God, I'm not feeling so. I got a headache. I'm shivering. And I started reading about the mercury in tuna. It's like, you're not supposed mm-hmm. to fucking do that. You're not supposed to eat all of it. not supposed to eat so much of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, ah, and then I was like having an anxiety attack. I was like, shit, like, am I gonna give myself <laughs> mercury? <laughs> 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 yeah. But yeah, no, it's everything. In, everything's in moderation, man. Like, I, you know, those, but those, you know, those programs can be good to kind of reset you, or it's like, all right, like, let me reset my gut. Let me get all the sugar out of my gut. Let me get all the drinking out of my gut. You know, it's good for you, man. I put myself on the keto diet for a little bit too. Oh yeah, how'd yeah. that go? Uh, it actually went. Did you get sick? Did you get the keto flu? Uh, not really, but uh, like. You know, I could see all the weight like just like melted away. Like it, it was like, I, you would think that it wasn't healthy, but like I still felt good most of the time. You know, I, I think it was just like the fact that like you know I was like dehydrated most of the time. Like there was no, I felt like a little groggy like toward the end of the day. 
Yeah. Yeah. But like, it just depends on what you eat, man. Like, if you're like with the diet, you know, you kind of get like migraines like every now and then. But yeah. But it's more like just because you like lack dehydration. You're, you're lack. You're lacking hydration. Oh really? I mean, it's just like you just, you just the water just flows out of you, I mean, because there's no salt to like. There's, uh, no, there's no carbs to absorb the water that you're that you're drinking. You know what I mean. Wow. Okay. Like so, it was it was like that, and then you know I got I got off of it. You know, it's like. You know, I, was, I just wanted to, I wanted, I, I wanted, you wanted carbs. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted the carbs you knew Western bacon cheese. Yeah. <laughs> you know how like we're yeah. like through evolution, we adapt to be best suited for, for what we do. And I feel like my body is like a highly refined machine to turn pasta into grappling. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy when I eat I get plugged up. Like yeah. I can't process like pasta other than like rice. You know, potatoes as far as carbs go but that's it pasta just stuffs me up i don't know I what love it is. that shit mm, i love yeah. pasta just bread i love bread pasta and bread i could eat it for like, like breakfast lunch and dinner every day i love it <laughs> yeah i don't it's good. <laughs> but it's, yeah man it's hard dude when they fucking cut me open for the autopsy it's gonna be tortillas and fucking <laughs> pasta <laughs> yeah, that's just <laughs> potatoes that's and a good french fries and shit you're bound to have some tortillas somewhere Got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, let, let me fucking let me take a minute here to 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 reflect on the superiority of corn tortillas over flour. <laughs> um, yeah, because flour, there's no nutritional value to just a fucking flour tortilla, right? That's yeah. why you know it's like but flour, it so good. dude. But flour tortilla, so yeah. So flour tortilla and the lack of potable water yeah. in Mexico because you can't drink the water at the tap, so you got to buy your drink. Mm. And once you're once you're buying your drink, it's probably going to be a soda. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, f- fucking no nutritional value to flour. Also, flour is so easy to burn, man. If you take your eye off that quesadilla for one fucking second, like you, like you got to throw it away. Flour is so fast to burn. So, and so Haley started buying like the little corn tortillas, like the little street taco tortillas. Yeah. You can let that motherfucker, you can take your eye off that motherfucker for like 30 minutes. It'll just be a little charred. It's good, man. Corn doesn't, corn don't crack. I always remember <laughs> like how, like you ever go to like a taqueria, you get a burrito, like the, the tortilla, the, the flour tortilla is like, it's not even burnt. Like you see the, like you yeah. see the brown spots on it, but it's like, it's not burnt. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? Like, yeah. I want to ask them like, hey, what do you, like, what do you use to like, to heat up your tortillas? It's mm-hmm. perfect, you know? Yeah. Fucking so shout out to uh, Anthony and Yepi for coming in strong with the fanny packs. Ooh, right? Oh, yeah. They're both, yeah. I'm like Check feeling it. a little left out here. Damn. Fanny packs. Damn, and then he's got Gumby on it. Gumby, Europe. <laughs> he's got the phone case And then I was just going to say, and then he's got the phone case attached to his fanny pack. My dad tactical fanny pouch. Getting ready, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be me with the ripe old age of 22. Oh, no, no, yeah, but you know, you know, just yeah, preparing. I can, yeah, okay. That's why I'm gonna hold my holster. I'm just gonna go right in this side right here, like under my shirt. Yeah. You know, when we were traveling, I had like a uh, there's like a discreet fanny, it's like a like a really it's like a fanny pack wallet that just tucks into your like into your dick, basically, into your crotch, basically. <laughs> And um, it was all right, man. Like it's not, it's not bad. Like it's, it's super useful. Dude, Very they're super, super useful. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then like the, like in Europe, they kind of sling them over their shoulder and wear them like a handbag. Yeah, European yeah. shoulder bag. I'm, yeah. I'm really, really happy fanny packs are like back in now because for so yeah. long, females and you go out, the guys are always like, here, hold my wallet and my keys and my phone, and now like. Yeah. Well, is it finally reversed? Yeah. Now when we go out, I'm like, yeah. hey, put my shit in your fanny I, pack. I have to admit, uh, Tina wore a fanny pack because she, she'll get mad at me if she's like seeing me like, oh, I wear a fanny pack all the time. Tina wore a fanny pack ever since I met her. Yeah. And then randomly, my when my when my dad went to a hospital, uh, there was a, a fanny pack of his lying around that he didn't use anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was this one. So I like grabbed it. I'm like, Tina actually grabbed it and was like, I'm going to use this. And I'm like, 
no, that's my dad's. That's really cool. I want it too. So, <laughs> and then she's like, you just copied me. That's all you did. Nice. But shout nice, out to nice. her. She, she wore one since like 2015. Yeah, me, me and Carissa went to the state fair. And then, uh, you know, I was just walking around. I bought the fanny pack too. I had these cargo shorts on, but I was like, I don't want to like look over all over my pockets for all my stuff, my wallet, my phone, yeah. like my keys. So, you know, I was like, I wore this and she was like, oh, can you hold my phone in my wallet too? Yeah. 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 yeah the problem like, with the, dude, phones nowadays are so big, you can't comfortably keep them in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. Six, I honestly feel like a phone would be less intrusive if it was a fucking chip in your brain. Because then you wouldn't be looking down at something. You could just be processing. Yeah, until like the Galaxy Note Cortical thing happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're getting closer. Yeah, then they start doing mind control and he wants to get that chimp implanted. Yeah. No shit, man. Well, let's leave it at that. It's been about an hour and a half. Um, fucking quick shout-outs to fucking Terry Maxwell. Yes. Fucking Manny Rocha. Manny's got to come up and do the podcast, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see and, uh, and the other Manny. Hey, Gonzalez. Half Gracie. OG. Yeah. OG. Very cool. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, guys. It's been illuminating. Um, again, guys, it's been another episode of Life in Jiu Jitsu. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.